to be a part of this amazing series, Voices. Why are you clapping? Can we clap it up for Pastor Jared and Pastor Jamie? How we love you. The Jenkins love you. We are officially family for life. <laughs> what an honor, and I'm humbled to be a part of this Voices series. I've had the honor of meeting Kyle and, and knowing Pastor Harvey Carey, so I know you all have had amazing messages all throughout this series, and I am just excited to be a part. Last year, approximately $40 billion was spent in the cosmetics industry. Of that $40 billion, a great portion of that was spent on face powder. Now, I don't know if you know this, but they now have face powder for men and face powder for women. And the primary function of face powder is to prevent you from shining. Now, although this big amount of money is spent physically for you to not shine on earth. I wanna let you know that we serve a God who sent his son Jesus to make sure that he spent his blood, his priceless blood, so that you could shine. So while you spend time and money preventing shine on earth, there is a God in heaven who sent his son Jesus to spend his blood to make sure that you do shine in the spirit. So for this time that we have to share together, I want to talk to you from the subject, shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> if you would join me in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew, if you got a blue Bible right in front of you as a part of Soul City serving us so well, you can simply just turn to page 677. But it's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 16. If you have an iPad, iPhone, iSomething, iTool, just scroll to Matthew, chapter 5, verse 16 and it simply says in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds or good works and glorify your father in heaven reading it again in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is a familiar passage to many. It's an often quoted, often memorized passage. Let your light shine. Some of you may have memorized it in the King James Version. Let your light so shine. And this familiar passage has been the root of many, many writings and literature and many songs throughout the historicity of the world. There was a, a hymn in the Victorian area, era, and the Victorian era hymn was called Jesus Bids Us Shine, and it is noted to be based on this scripture. There's a familiar song that maybe you sung it as a child as I did in the Sunbeam Choir. Anybody raised in church and you used to be in the kids choir? And the basis of this song is this scripture. It said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Anybody? Come on. 
This little light of Oh, great, I wasn't the only one in the Sunbeam Choir. And, and when I read this passage, another song came to mind. I don't know if you've ever heard this hymn. Shine bright like a diamond. Come on, Soul City Choir. Shine bright like a diamond. Everybody wave your hands. Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, I always wanted to do that. Uh-huh. Put it here. Shine bright like a diamond. All right. This scripture is commanding us, inviting us to shine, not just a mediocre shine, not just an okay shine, not just a Sunday shine, but to shine bright like a diamond in every area of your life, every week of the month, every month of the year, every year of your life, God is commanding us to shine. But what some of us have seen I don't know what your church experiences have been, but instead of being a shining believer, some of us have seen shiny believers. You know those believers who speak in King James Version, who speak the language of Christianese, but that is not what this command is inviting us to do. It is not inviting us to be fake. Now there are people that you've seen, or maybe you've even been that person where you think that you have to be a shiny believer and pretend that everything is okay. You have to pretend to be shiny instead of shining. You have to say the often lie that we all say, how are you doing? I'm fine. Just look at the person next to you quickly and say, I'm not fine. Tell the person on the other side, when I told you I was fine earlier, I was lying. <laughs> Isn't that freeing? Don't you just feel a burden lifted up off of you right now? When God sent his son Jesus on this Sermon on the Mount, this is part of the Beatitudes, the blessed and blessed and blessed, and let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and in turn glorify the Father in heaven. This is not an invitation to be fake. But this is an invitation to shine right where you are in what you're in with the craziness that you are, with the crazy family that God gave you. With all of that, he still wants you to shine. It's not an invitation to be fake and to pretend that there is nothing going on in your life, that there's nothing that you've come through, that there's nothing that you've come out of. It's not an invitation to be fake because see, there's a difference between cubic zirconias and diamonds. A cubic zirconia is a man-made stone uh, originally manufactured in mass in 1976. And the crazy thing about the cubic zirconia is that it's optically flawless. It has little value. It has low cost. And because of that, it is the greatest competitor to diamonds. Diamonds are not man-made, but they start off as coal and through what happens in the dark, through the pressure, through the time, it becomes what it used to not be. And when the light hits diamonds, most of the diamonds that we can afford are flawed. The lights 
hit the flaws, give it certain colors, certain ways, and God will allow his light to shine through your flaws and get glory for himself. But if I spend all my energy trying to be a cubic zirconia Christian, trying to be a cubic zirconia fake, trying to pretend that there are no flaws in my life, then how does God get the glory by shining through my flaws when I'm pretending that I have none? So if you know somebody, you don't have to tell me it's you, <laughs> that has had a cubic zirconia faith, just quickly say, CZ's in the house. <laughs> God is not inviting us to be fake, but he is inviting us to shine in spite of our flaws. We serve a God who uses us, not because of us, but in spite of us. So he decided to use you knowing every flaw you had, knowing every mistake you would ever make, knowing how many times you would be a repeat offender, knowing your sin resume, not what you put on LinkedIn, not what you put on Instagram, not what you put on Facebook, not what you put on Twitter, but he knows your sin resume. Has anybody ever just made a profile of just the things that you have done wrong? He knows all of that and still says, I want you to let your light shine before others that they will see your good works and in turn glorify the Father in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever read a scripture and you wanted to edit it just a little bit? Like, this could be my perfect favorite scripture if I could just tweak it just a little bit. Like, Jesus, he meant this, but I don't know if he meant this. Well, okay, see, like when it says bless those that curse, bless those that you like, bless those that bless you. What, what does your Bible say? Bless those that bless you and pray for those who would never despitefully use you. Like it just needed one little word tweak in order to be easier to walk out. No? Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at this scripture. Let your light shine before others that they will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. And I'm thinking, if I was God, which I'm not, everybody praise God, and if I was Jesus, which I'm not, and if I was Matthew recording what Jesus said, I would not trust you with my light. Because I'm looking at a crowd, he's preaching to a crowd of people and the disciples are there. So I'm looking at cousin Peter, I'm looking at Doubting Thomas. I'm looking at Sleepy James and John. And I'm saying, let your light shine before others that they'll see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. I wouldn't trust y'all with my light. <laughs> I, if I was God, if I was Jesus, I would be like, mm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to shine a light down from heaven. I'm going to do a cute fireworks show. And then y'all just point to it and say, ain't God real? <laughs> But he trusts us with his light. As crazy as you are, he trusts us with his light. As trifling as you've been, he trusts us with his light. Is anybody just praising God right now that he trusts you with his light? 
so let's read the scripture again. Okay. Now, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I'm not Matthew. I'm just the believer trying to obey this. I still want to edit the scripture. Let your light shine before others that you like to be around, that you like to hang out with, and <laughs> people who are easy to love. So that they may see your good works that you do to the people that you like and like to be around and like to serve around and are lovable people that you really want to be in ministry around that you would prefer to minister at this particular place in this particular section of life in that ministry where nobody gets on your nerves so that they will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Anybody want to edit that scripture? <laughs> Pastor Jared, I'm sorry if we start writing in these blue Bibles. Um, but no. There are no parenthetical phrases that we get to interject. So when the commandment comes to shine, this commandment says to shine even around people you don't like. Shine even around people who mistreat you. Shine even with people with evil intent. Shine even when people are talking about you. Shine even when people are tweeting about you. Shine no matter what they say. Shine even in the face of liars. Shine. There is no exemption for where you do not get to shine. It is a commandment for every area of our lives. So some of you will go to work tomorrow in front of people that you do not like. They don't like you either. <laughs> but the commandment is to shine. Some of you are serving in ministry with people who get on your nerves. I know it doesn't happen here. It happens at 45th and Princeton. Sorry to have reported. But we are still commanded to shine. So this commandment to shine, it's not an invitation to be fake. This commandment to shine it is an invitation that God gave us knowing our flaws. And this commandment to shine, it's a commandment that he gave us knowing the fragments of our lives. Anybody in the room with a fragmented life? Yeah. That you've been broken in some places, but God wants to use you too. Now, when I think about my life, I just want to confess in front of all of you beautiful people. My light has a dimmer switch on it. I would like to say that I shine the same every day, all the time. But when I see somebody I like and love, like Miss Monica, who's here with me, like my friend Michelle, who's here with me, everybody, can I do a quick side bar? Okay, par parenthetical pause. My friend Michelle, her birthday's this week. Everybody say happy birthday, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and as a birthday present to her, can y'all download Say Yes um, iTunes? Okay, great. Um, <laughs> um, but if I see somebody I like, I love, I'm like, so good to see you. I love you. My light is shining bright. But when I see somebody who gets on my nerves, there's a dimmer switch on my light. And I'm like, look at her trifling self over there who is still lying and comes up for prayer for the same thing every week. I know she is not sincere. She just want me to see her outfit. <laughs> but God wants me to shine even 
even with the people I don't want to shine in front of. There is a commandment for consistency, an invitation to shine even when you don't feel like it. Shine even when it's inconvenient. Shine even when you don't want to. The commandment is to shine bright like a diamond, meaning I'm going to let his light shine through my flaws. So this father that we love, he is not commanding us to be fake. This father that we love, he wants to use our flaws. This father that we love, he knows how fragmented our lives are, but he still is the master jeweler who wants to take the fragments of our lives and create a masterpiece that the world has never seen using our flaws and all. When I think about my own life, there is not one testimony that I have in my life that I would have chosen for my life. If I were writing my life story, I would write these fabulous testimonies about what God kept me from, not what he brought me through. But my God decided that he was gonna get more glory out of the things that did not go perfect in my life rather than the perfection that I would like to pretend that happened. My mother is here today, everybody shout out to Margaret. If I was writing my life story, I would not have chosen the testimony, the fact that my mother filed for divorce seven months pregnant with me. I was born into a divorce proceeding. That would not have been how I would have written my story. But there's somebody that needs to see that you can be fatherless and not hopeless. Somebody needed to know that. And so my father God, who does not want me to be fake, has decided that he's gonna use my flaws, my fragmented life and still be faithful over that and get the glory out of my life. If I were writing my story, I would have never chosen to be raped at 13. And there's somebody else in the room, you've been abused, you've been molested, and you thought that it was something you could never get over. But I'm standing here to tell you that our God is a restorer, a redeemer, someone that can allow you to forgive the unforgivable. And so anybody in the room needs to know that I am here because God allowed me to have that as part of my story that I would not have chosen for myself. But there is somebody who has a front row seat in your life, someone that's looking at you from afar that needs to know that you can go through that and still be standing. Our Father, who is faithful, will use you not to be fake, but to be flawed and the fragments of your life and make you whole. Now, if I were writing my own life story, I would not have chosen to have the senior year of high school that I had. I was captain of cheerleading squad. I was vice president of the student council, winning scholarship pageants, and I failed my honors English class and never participated in my high school graduation because I wasn't allowed to. I didn't get to go to the high school project graduation parties. I didn't get to be part of any of the high school graduation awards, ceremonies, none of that. I have a green and gold robe right now that I never wore. 
would not have chosen that to be my senior year. But somebody needed to know that failure isn't final. Someone needed to know that failure isn't fatal. Somebody needed to know that you could fail forward so that you could see somebody not have a high school graduation, but get a bachelor's of arts in communication at Clark Atlanta University and get a master's of arts in biblical studies at Moody Bible Institute and get a doctorate of education in leadership at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Somebody needed to see that. I wouldn't have chosen it for my own story. But God decided to use the flaws and the, the fragments of my life and be faithful over that so that I could shine no matter what I didn't do. He still lets his light hit my flaws. So I'm at this high school uh, gra graduation I didn't have and I go straight to undergrad and I'm 19 in this choir and some reason I gave this 19 year old preacher my phone number and my life has never been the same. So I graduate, it's, it's, it's graduation for college, undergrad, my first graduation since preschool, you know I'm hyped. And, um, <laughs> To graduation weekend and proposes. I had a whole nother plan for my life, let me tell you. But we get married, Valentine's Day 98. We joined this church called Fellowship, Easter 98. And on June 98, the founder of the church stands up and says, my successor is going to be this 20-something little boy that goes to Moody Bible Institute. Now, let me tell you something about our predecessor. 75 years old, pastor one church for 50 years, where he's standing up in front of about 1,500 people who are mostly his age, saying, this is going to be my successor. I'm going to retire in 2000. Well... There was not the biggest fan club committee. <laughs> there were some people that thought he was senile, had lost his mind. There's no pulpit committee. There's no church vote. You're just appointing this boy that we do not know from St. Petersburg, Florida. And um, excuse me, what's going on? And so there were over 100 preachers that the founder had licensed and ordained who felt pretty passed over. So you can imagine our fan club. And we are 22 at the time of announcement. My husband was 24 the first Sunday of being the senior pastor, <laughs> looking at people the age of grandparents. And um, God had done such a wonderful thing, and I couldn't believe other people weren't excited about it. <laughs> uh, and... Um, and I knew this was God's will for our lives. But being in God's perfect will does not mean that everything will be perfect. Yeah. It does not mean it will be without storm. So yes, we had some tires slashed. Yes, we had some lug nuts taken off of the car and didn't know why the car was wobbling. Yes, we got some hate mail, hate email. But 
still alive, still standing, doing what we're called to do. And there's not a word, action, or deed that can alter God's call and plan for your life. So when you know that your calling is from God and for God, there's nothing anybody can say or do to get you off of the path that God has for you. None of these were testimonies I would have planned for my own life if I were writing the script. But we serve a God who is so faithful that he does not desire for us to be fake, but he's going to use the flaws. He's going to use the fragments and be faithful over that to get glory for himself. Now, my husband and I, this year, we celebrated our sweet 16, 16 years of marriage. And I love that man. But when I tell you every line of our vows has been tested, tried, true, and we have been triumphant from sickness and health, uh, better and worse, uh, richer and poorer, and death do us part. We hadn't done the death thing yet, so hey, we're on the top of the ground. It's a good thing. And so there are so many testimonies that my husband and I have even in our marriage that I would have never chosen for ourselves, but God is still faithful to use us not to be fake and pretend like everything is always swelling well, but he uses the flaws and he uses the fragments of our lives to be faithful and still get glory out of our story. Amen. And there's somebody in this room, you have testimonies that you would have never chosen for your life. There's someone in the room, you've spent energy trying to hide what's wrong, trying to hide what you've made it through, trying to hide your flaws. The energy that you are spending trying to hide the flaws is energy that could be used for the kingdom to get God glory through your flaws and all. When we see this scripture, if you look up just a couple of verses, it says that you are not supposed to hide your light under a bushel. That if you've been given a light, it should be on a lampstand so it can light the whole room. To hide our flaws and to hide our testimonies and to hide what we have gone through, made it through, is to try to put that light that God is trying to shine through you like your flaws, like a diamond. It's, trying, it's like trying to put it under a bushel. But we serve a God who knows how to create situations where you cannot hide your testimony. Right. You know, our God is such a restorer. The word restore means to bring back to the original state. And our God is such a restorer that you don't look like what you've been through. That we can't look at your face and tell all the things that you've come through. So he gives you the option to tell your flaws, your fragments, so that other people can see what God has done through you. We are to be the 67th book of the Bible where people see our lives, read our lives, and want to believe our God. There is somebody who is looking at your life. It might be someone you don't even know is looking at your life. And they're going to believe God because of the transformation that happens in your life. Because of what you can stand through. Because of what you can come through. Not because of your own strength, but because you're standing in God's strength. Our Father is faithful to use every flaw and every fragment to get the glory out of your life. And if you're not giving the glory voluntarily, there will be situations that stir up your life where your story will become evident before people. 
Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Those of you who've been in church, some of you may have not ever gone to church, but there's this story in the gospels of a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years and she was pressing through the crowd and she touched the hem of the, 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 the cloak that Jesus had on his garment and she was instantly healed. Now she was in a crowd, so it seems that she could have gotten her healing and gotten away with it and gotten away from the crowd. But instead, Jesus put her healing on blast and said, who touched me? <laughs> and the disciples said, Jesus, you crazy. All this big picnic going on out here. It's a bunch of people bumping into you. How could you say who touched you in the crowd when everybody's bumping up against you? And he's like, no, I felt virtue leave my body. Her faith made her whole. And there are some times that there are testimonies in your life that you want to be a secret agent, but Jesus will put your story on blast and be like, who touched me? And there's a story that all of you have that you cannot hide. God wants to get the glory out of your story, your story, your story. And there is a plan for every pain that you have encountered. There is a testimony from every test that you have gone through. There is a message out of every mess that you have made it through. There is something that God wants to use your pain for. I know last week, Pastor Harvey Carey talked about Job. When you think about the first part of Job, it begins with a conversation between God and Satan. And it is God who says, have you considered yes. my servant Job because our God knows that there are certain things that you can go through and take it and still shine. There's nothing that comes into your life that doesn't go by God's desk first and he stamps it. My child can handle it and still shine. And we serve a God who let Job go through everything he went through and still come out with double. And when you feel isolated, when you feel alienated, you need to know that you're not alienated. You've been nominated. You've been nominated by God to go through everything that you've gone through and God knew that you could make it out of it and still shine. Romans 8 28 says all things are going to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So if you have gone through it, if you've made it through it, if you're still in it, God is guaranteed going to get the glory out of it. You don't have to know how, you don't have to know when, but it's in God's plan to get the glory. And you can be excited about this. God has not given up on you. He's not given up on your story because the Philippians tells us that you could be excited and confident that he who has begun a good work in you is not going to get halfway through the job and say, never mind, they crazy. He's going to say, I love that my child is knowing and confident that if I started it, I'm going to finish it. And you can say hallelujah now because he knows your end at the beginning. We serve a God who's faithful. He's faithful not for you to be fake. He's faithful knowing your flaws. He's faithful to use the fragments of your life. He's the master jeweler and he is faithful to make you whole even when you don't feel like it. Anybody ready to shine bright? Not like a cubic zirconia but like a diamond. Anybody ready to stop being a shiny Christian and start being a shining Christian? Everybody stand with me as we close in prayer.
as we enter this time of prayer, I want to apologize on behalf of any believer, any churchgoer, any person who called themselves a Christian and made you doubt that God is real because they were a cubic zirconia version of a believer. I want to apologize on behalf of the bad representation of Christ and his love. I don't know if you've ever been in a church experience where you did not feel the love that God talks about in his scripture. If you've had a bad experience with a shiny believer instead of a shining believer, I want you to know that this is a place where you can heal. This is a moment where you can lay that hurt down and know that God can make you over, that it's never too late for you to be in God's perfect will for your life, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If there's ever been a church experience that made you want to turn your back on God, I want to apologize on behalf of whoever the defendant was and to pray that your heart is not hardened, that you can still feel the Holy Spirit and that you can still accept God's love for your life even if you have not seen the greatest brand ambassadors in your life. Some of it's learned behavior. All we have seen in some context have been shiny Christians who pretend. And sometimes we see individuals who would rather shine a light on your flaws than to see God shine his light through your flaws. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a God who does not give up on us. We thank you, oh God, for the fact that your mercy endures forever. We thank you, oh God, that you're softening hardened hearts, that you are a God who can use us in spite of us, not because of us. God, right now, we pray that we would be able to forgive those who have hurt us in such deep places, even in church settings, even in, in families of faith. God, we thank you right now for being a God like no other. We thank you, God, for every calling in the room, every gift in the room, every talent in the room, that it will not be buried under a bushel of unforgiveness, that it will not be buried under a bushel of shame, that it will not be buried under a bushel of, of mistakes and, and non-unforgiveness for ourselves even, God. Right now, I just pray that there will be a freedom released in the room, that there will be a, a newfound freedom to be everything that you've called each of us to be, God. You have such great plans for Soul City. You have such great plans for each individual in this room. So God, for every individual call, for every corporate call, we say thank you and we just ask that you would give us the holy boldness to be everything you've created us to be, everything that you've called us to be, every Everything that you're beckoning us to be and God right now I pray for courage Hallelujah. to do not what we're expected to do but what we're created to do 
We thank you for using our flaws, our fragments. We will not be fake another day in our lives. And we thank you for being faithful to us when we were not faithful to you. So right now, we lift our hands and say, God, get the glory out of our story. In Jesus' name, amen.